Welcome in Limestone Nation to episode number seven of the Breaking the Rock podcast. As always, I'm Michael Sanders, coordinator of digital and social media here at Limestone University, pool operator as well. Typical to, you know, give the whole entire job title. Alongside me, as always, coordinator of media relations, Jordan Perry. How are we doing this fantastic Monday? Happy Monday. You know, we were just here on Friday. We got the weekend knocked out. Back here on Monday. Looking forward to a good week. A little gloomy out there today, but, uh, you know, it, it makes it a little bit harder to get up on a Monday for sure. Um, but you know what? It, it's we've, we we pivoted a little bit today because we we had scheduled one guest, and uh, it turned out class schedules kind of got in the way, which you know priorities. In, in hindsight, uh, you know they're student athletes, not athletic students, so got to let him go to class. We're we're good with that. But we ended up being able to pivot pretty well and still kind of stay on our geographical diversity thing that we talked about last uh, two episodes ago. We've now pretty much made our way across the entire U.S. And now we're going to go a little global. So we're now heading overseas across the Atlantic onto the wonderful continent of Europe. And, uh, yeah, so we were planning on having one of our men's basketball players from Germany come on. And uh, that didn't work out. We'll save that for a later date. We we, we will get him on, we promise, here in the near future. Um, But instead, we're going to head to a little bit different country. We're going to head to Serbia. And I'm going to mess this up, even though I've said it right like 17 times today, and apparently in a semi-decent accent, but I, I don't know. <laughs> um, but we're bringing on uh, a transfer in this year, and Strahina Reich, and he goes by Straw. So, uh, Straw, how are we doing today? Good. How are you? Pretty fantastic. Pretty fantastic. Well, we want to get to know you a little bit better, obviously, as coming in here your first year on Limestone's campus. So, we, we're really fresh with you here, too. We don't really know much about you either because we haven't seen you play we haven't seen you practice much either so let's go through and we're going to take you back to the beginning yeah. we're going to take you back to childhood we're going to go back to serbia we're going to talk a little bit about what got you into basketball in like in the beginning what was the first memory that you have of picking up a basketball or maybe watching a basketball game that really said you know what that's the sport i want to do the rest of my life well, uh, I always loved sports when I was younger, and uh, the reason I got into basketball is because of my dad. He he played professional for years in Europe, so uh, like he was always playing pickup with his friends and stuff like that. So uh, when I was little, I would just come in and shoot on the other hoop, and that's something that like I really liked. Then he got in, then me, then he got me in the club to also practice with the guys and stuff like that, and I really loved it. And that's something I want to do. And stay in after I finish college also. I completely understand that. So your dad played professional ball. He played in Serbia? In the he's Euro played League? in Serbia, yes. What, what teams did he spend time uh, with? There? Partizan and uh, Zemun. Okay, so teams so I've never heard of. But exactly. uh, <laughs> how many years did he spend in the league over there? Probably like uh, six, seven okay. years. Yeah, so yeah. a pretty decent career. Yeah. Pretty decent career. Now, obviously having that kind of professional player to to grow up and learn from, do you feel like you learned more of your basketball skills from your dad and kind of watching him play, or was it more the coaches and everything growing up? Uh, it's probably more coaches. He was always the one who was in my sh- like in my shadow and just guiding me and telling me what I do wrong and stuff like that. But like he would mostly like put me with guys to train and, uh, but he would like guide me through every game and stuff like that. Like every time I play a game, he would watch it and tell me what's wrong and stuff like that. So. But basically, like when I first started, he put me with a bunch of his friends that trained. So I was training with them. And uh, yeah, I just loved the basketball then. And uh, I kind of went on my own, but he's always there to support me. Yeah. Being able to train with uh, obviously some high caliber athletes is a, a good situation to be in. Now, when I like when I grew up, grew up 
and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And my dad was coaching me in football and stuff like that. I learned a lot from him, but I never had a quote unquote professional athlete to kind of look up to. So that's obviously a, an interesting aspect of that. Now you say playing with the, his teammates basically. So you basically started against the top rung people. You didn't start with like people your own age. You kind of started playing and practicing with the, the pro guys. Not really. It's just like uh, the pro guys that he played with are usually like coaches. They, they started coaching and some of them were in younger groups. Some of them were in older. So I was always in a couple groups at the same time. So I would go practice like three times a day with three different groups. So because I really liked it. That's what I wanted to do all day and I really put time into it and uh, like he enable that for me to do and actually train with older guys and get better and uh, get some more experience, which uh, I'm really grateful for that. So you said it's all that you wanted to do with basketball. And that's interesting, you know, coming from Europe, I, you know, the dominant sport over there is soccer or football. Um, did you ever have any interest in, you know, trying out <laughs> different sports or was it always just basketball, basketball, Well, when basketball? you're little in Serbia, basically the first thing you do is play soccer on the street, you know, but then uh, I don't know, like, Probably a bunch of my friends, since I started playing basketball, most of them did too. So it was like a whole group of friends that we played for years together. And uh, after that, we just stayed with that, stick with that. So you mentioned now, you know, growing up, you played a little bit of basketball. You went through high school, went through club, or I guess what our high school and club and stuff is. Now, explain to us a little bit about the difference. Obviously, when you're in America, you play at high school and you play at club or you play separate. I think we talked when we talked to Reagan on our first episode, she mentioned that you really get more recruited from your high school in America playing basketball than you do with your club team. Is that the same kind of thing? Uh, well, that's why the reason that I'm here too also, because in Serbia, basically, when you uh, start doing basketball and start getting really serious with it and you want to make a career out of it, then school is a little bit on the side. So, because it's kind of hard to do both. School is like really another level in Serbia. It's like, or you do one or you do the other one. So it's kind of hard. Once I got to like eighth grade of middle school, freshman year of high school, I kind of thought about like my dad was always like on the basketball side, encouraging me, let's make a career out of it because he thinks I have talent and I, I can put the work in. But because um, in Serbia, you can't really do both. My mom was kind of <laughs> on the bad side. Hey, you need to finish school at least. Like what if you get hurt and then basketball is no more because the ball's going to stop dribbling one, t one day, you know. So basically, you either do one or do the other. So that's one of the reasons that I came to America. So it's it's more like um, kind of thinking like uh, like a private school kind of thing where you're really focusing on athletics, but you st are you still doing education obviously on the side there so in order to be you know eligible for like an NCAA school or something like that? Not really. Like if you play for a club, you just play, and your high school or middle school that you're in, they don't really care about what you do outside, and especially like the schools don't have sports in the in the high schools. Like okay. we do, but it's just like intramural intramurals basically. Gotcha. It's not really serious. It's not serious competitiveness. So either you do one or two. So Gotcha. Yeah, see that's like I said, that's a little bit different than what we're experiencing here where you're you're basically at high school and everything is there and you're you're being recruited as a person from your high school instead of your club team. But it sounds like in international kids you're getting a lot of more action from the club side of things than you are from your school side of things. So that's very interesting. I knew there was going to be some differences in international I mean, kids. <laughs> yep. I've always wanted that myself. Now, let's talk a little bit about what got you over here to America. Because you came not 
initially for college. You came in your high school years. Yes. So what what brought you here? What brought you to this country? So basically, after I went one year of freshman year of high school, I realized that I won't be able to do basketball as serious as I will do school because it's really hard to handle both. So I was trying to find a way and uh, try to go play somewhere else, maybe in Europe, and uh, try to get an education somewhere different. But uh, it was kind of hard, so it was it was kind of a matter of luck. It was over Facebook. This I made a highlight video. This guy contacted me, like a, almost like an agency that uh, brings kids to school in America. So he offered me that. He's like, hey, can you... I like your video, I like how you play, and I can put you in a high school, and you can also do school and basketball at the same time. So, I mean, my parents, it didn't take us longer than a week to decide, hey, let's go. My mom was a, a little bit on the hard side, but my dad was like, hey, go ahead right away. I was 15 at that time, so. You know, that's crazy to me. Um, I moved across the country when I was, you know, going to college. That's when I was 18 years old. You were 15 years old making a decision, I want to move to an entirely different country to pursue what I want to do. Um, you know, just talk us about how it was, how you, you were so certain that that was what you needed to do. Uh, well, um, I mean, my family's kind of like known for taking risks and it's like, they know that I really like basketball and I want to make a career out of it and play after college and play professional. And, but also finish school on the other side. So when I got an opportunity to do both, my parents w didn't even think twice about it. They're like, hey, let's go. I mean, it's a risk. If something happens, the worst, I can just come back and do keep doing what I was doing. So, yeah. Now, it was an interesting story you were telling us right before we started recording. And that you, so you, you bounced around a little bit in America, too. You weren't in one spot. And, and you weren't in, you, you mentioned your dad came with you as well. You weren't in the same spot as your dad even yeah. when you first got here. And uh, the uh, the paperwork, per se, of, of getting to America and becoming, uh, you know, a legal uh, student here was, was an interesting process for you. Take us through that a little bit. So once you get into a process of trying to get into a high school, you have to get this certain paper from the high school to get you and then... Um, you go to your embassy and you get a visa from it. So and the visa is like usually one or two years long and you have to keep redoing it. So I would I would get my visa. Uh, sometimes kids get refused, sometimes you don't. It's just kind of a matter of luck. So I kind of got lucky and I got approved. Went to first school and then that school kind of didn't work out because they had a bunch of players and uh, I was in there too, messing up their rotation and stuff like that. So I had to leave that school. And then I left to another school in Mississippi, which the first one is in Colorado, the other one's in Mississippi. And I was there for a year and a half uh, with like literally no paperwork, which I wasn't aware of at that time. So coming into my junior year of high school, I switched to another school in North Carolina, which this school is great, Concord First Assembly, and uh, they really helped me out. The host family I was staying with, they really helped me out of... Uh, getting myself reinstated and becoming legal again, which took some years. So that, that period was kind of hard because I didn't see my family that long. But, uh, I mean, at the end, it all kind of kind of worked out. So Yeah, so it was, uh, oh, he's, he's completely legal now. Remember, yeah. remember <laughs> that. That's perfectly fine. We mentioned before we don't want him to get deported or anything from that story. He's legal. We're good. Everything's okay. Um, so, you, so you bounced around a little bit with your high school. You ended up in North Carolina. And then you decided, obviously, you wanted to continue your education, but you also wanted to continue playing basketball. Yes. And you ended up at Judson up in Chicago. What brought you to that location to start your college career? 
coming out of high school, uh, good recruitment and bad recruitment. I came to Chicago. Uh, my dad was staying there. I had like, uh, so after you finish high school, you have uh, two months to stay legal in America until you find another school and get your paperwork in already. So in the period of those 60 days, I uh, I played in some open gyms and the guy, assistant coach from Judson University came and saw me play and he was right away, he wanted me to come to the university and I didn't even think about it twice. I just accepted it because it's school and basketball at the same time. So my parents were like, go for it. And I ended up signing there or going there for two years. Yeah, so in a position like that, you know, you see the opportunity and you jump at it. And it seems like you made the most out of it. Um, you know, in that your freshman season, you played in 28 games, made 12 starts, averaged 9.2 points, 3.4 rebounds, and 18.5 minutes per game. You know, that's just as a freshman. Um, so it seemed like things were going, you know, very well. Um, and then you mentioned there was an injury that kept you off the floor for your sophomore year, correct? Yeah. I, uh, I uh, had a bad tendonitis, and uh, it got to the point that I couldn't practice anymore. And it was right before the season, because I was ready for the season. And then because that happened, it was either I take a break and uh, get my health back and be good to go for the rest of like three, three more years of eligibility, or I go through the pain a whole year, which I didn't want to do. So I kind of took a break of that year. Yeah, I, I completely understand that one. I swam for my entire career uh, for 18 years, and I had tendonitis in my shoulders on multiple occasions. And it's one of those things that, you know, the only way you can get tendonitis to get better is to basically stop using that area of your body. And obviously swimming, I can't really stop using my shoulders unless I just stop practicing. And frankly, I mean, for me, that just wasn't a mental option. But, uh, you know, kudos to you for taking that mental and physical break, because I know that's tough to to have an injury and sit on the sidelines and kind of watch everybody do what you love to do while knowing that it's it's going to be better for you in the long run. So we mentioned now that you're, you're a couple years at Judson, and you ended up here now in Gaffney, South Carolina. What made the transition from Judson down to Limestone? What brought you here? Um, after I finished my year, the uh, second year at Judson, I decided I wanted to transfer to another school. And uh, frankly, my high school coach, that's a Concord First Assembly. Uh, I just contacted them and told them, hey, I'm looking for another school. And the next day I get a call from Coach Kyle Perry and uh, he reached out to me and told me what his goal is and what he wants to do with the team and how the school goes. And I, I came to visit also. I had to wait a couple months for Corona to come and visit the campus. And uh, I mean, I just, I love the coach. I like his idea. I, I, I really want to, uh, complete the goal of the team for this year and I really like the competitiveness and the guys that are committing here also my friend from high school that I played to Steven Edoka from Nigeria he also committed here so we used to play together in high school and that was another thing that kind of made me decide to come to Limestone so yeah that certainly doesn't hurt now I came actually to Limestone too to for college back in you know, back in the dark ages of 2010. <laughs> Makes me feel old. It really does. But I'm not all that old. Not too um, old, <laughs> not too old. Um, So you mentioned, you know, you've got some friends here. What was really, without without talking about the college anymore and the team, what was really the selling point of Limestone for you? What was that one thing that really stood out that made the difference between uh, I might go somewhere else and I might go here, but I'm going to go to Limestone because of this one thing? Uh, I feel like it's just the atmosphere. Uh, I think because of the coach, he really, uh, I like how he cared about his players and uh, 
how he like introduced himself to me and how his approach was and that's like probably because basketball is what I want to do and I feel like he can help me reach my goal and that's like the main thing that kind of brought me here that's when I knew I was I was coming here for sure and when was that first visit you said that you couldn't come for a couple of months so like when was the first time that you were able to get down to Gaffney uh I think it was uh mid-June they kind of came yeah it was mid-June they came but I already kind of decided to commit before that and I already told the coach that I was planning on it it's just the visit kind of sealed it off so now the, we, we talked a little bit about you know your dad and everything being over here in Chicago and him being in America with you but we understand that your your mom and your brother are not here in America they're yeah. still back in Serbia yeah they're still back in Serbia so what what has caused that is that just because your brother's too young to kind of like move something or uh, what's going no, on no it's just the legal issues of paperwork so it, it usually to become a citizen not a citizen to get a green card and stay here it takes a couple of years to do that so that's why as family we have to wait we can't be all here together at the same time until we get the paperwork figured out so my brother was supposed to come last year to Concord First Assembly and play because he's a freshman. He also plays basketball. And because uh, of legal issues, he wasn't able to. But uh, hopefully in the next year or two, he's, he's going to be able to come. But you that's the game plan is bringing yeah, everybody here. Okay. Yes. And you told us this before we came on air, but you know, just for everyone at home, how long has it been since you last saw your mom and your brother? Mm, two years. Two years. That's incredible. That's a long time. Can you just take us through, you know, exactly how difficult that is at times? You know, wh how do you bridge that gap? Are you able to communicate with them still? Yeah, I mean, uh, the hardest part was when I first came when I was 15 because I was by myself in the – because my dad wasn't staying with me and everything. When I was in Chicago, I stayed with him for two years, and it was a little easier. But, uh, I mean, to be honest, we talk now even more than when we were together at home. Like, I mean, with technology, new FaceTime and stuff like that, we talk almost every day. And uh, – like it's hard you know like i miss them a lot but it's uh i'm also being here long enough to just like they know what my goals are and they support me in every way so it's kind of easier to go off with that yeah i you know i was on my way in this morning i was actually just at my older brother's house in charlotte just an hour away and i feel like i haven't seen him for three months and i'm you know i'm sitting here just kind of like man i haven't seen you in three months that feels like forever i don't know what i would do if i haven't seen my family for two years that's just that's crazy to think about. I, I yeah, I, I feel for you. I really do. Um, of course, we obviously want you to see them as soon as possible. So we hope your green card process and everything goes well for them yeah, here sure. in the near future. Um, so what are your goals here at Limestone? You mentioned the team goals. You said you like those, and that's really one of the reasons that got you here. What are those team goals for uh, this season? Well, basically, we have a brand-new team, and we have a bunch of guys that want to win, and the goal is to I mean, get to the top and uh, win everything we can. And uh, – I like how the practices are going. I love the team, very enthusiastic, and uh, everybody's very competitive and a great bunch of guys. So, I mean, we're going to have goals. It's the first year. It might be a little, you know, it's new. Everybody just met each other, and uh, but we know what our goal is to win everything, and uh, we're together in it. So I think we're going to be really good. So That's perfect. That's perfect. And so now we're going we're gonna to breach a little bit deeper into, into who you are. We're going to ask some questions. Some weird ones, some some get to know you on some of the uh, the nuanced things that you maybe uh, maybe never think about, kind of asking yourself like, oh, may, oh, so I'd never known that about him. Uh, we do this to everybody, of course. We we try and throw some curveballs at you. We we threw a curveball at you before we even got on, because that curveball tends to throw everybody off for a good loop. 
If you can tell us one to two to maybe even three things, if you can think of them, um, because this is always difficult, obviously. If you can think of a few things that people, who even, you know, like your closer friends, just have no idea about you. Just some interesting fact that people just have no idea. Well, that's, that's kind of hard, but uh, I think one of them is like uh, I shower like when we're in season and we're practicing so much, I shower more than like five times a day, <laughs> which is pretty insane. That is exactly the answer that see, we're looking yeah. for. See, that's what I'm talking about right yeah, there. It's like, like, I don't would think, think anybody that? knows. That, yeah. Who so. would think to do that? Yeah. You know, I I mean, nowadays, like obviously working full time, it's one shower a day, maybe two if you're lucky, if you, you know, did a workout or something like that. Five times a day. Yeah. Now, is that so that's like. When you wake up in the morning, I have a shooting workout. So shower after that. Okay. Yes. At ten, we have individual workouts. I shower after that. Okay. <laughs> then I come back and get some more shots up. Shower after <laughs> that. Then we have weights, and I shower after that. So pretty and much any time you're doing anything, you, whether it's like a thirty-minute thing, two-hour yeah. thing. Yeah. Because I always afterwards. we go super hard, and it's like sweating so much, and I can't sit in class or anything sweaty. So gotta shower then, and then at night sometimes you're hot, so you gotta shower again. So <laughs> maybe even six. Throw a six yeah, one in there. That. <laughs> see, that's like I said, that's inter- that's exactly the kind of answer that we're looking for in that question. It's crazy. It's perfect. It's a perfect answer. I think that's probably that's probably the best answer we've gotten from that question. I think so far. I was thinking about it hard the whole interview. (laughs) (laughs) I really think that's the best one. Um, You know, we talked a little bit about obviously um, basketball, an important thing to you. Uh, We mentioned uh, before we got on air that you really don't watch NBA per se. You watch more of the Euro League. But do you have maybe uh, an athlete out there? Uh, that you kind of have emulated your game after, like you've tried to mirror them or one that you just really like how they play and you, you know, you're really just interested in watching them kind of thing? Mm, so the one that I really like, that's my like idol and I look up to and I'm trying to like be like him basically is Drajan Petrovic, but he's not alive. So uh, he's the, he played a long time ago. So it's like he was one of the best guys I ever watched play. So uh, on TV, of course. Mm-hmm. But um, right now, basically, in the NBA, probably, like, currently, uh, I kind of like all the European guys, not going to lie. You know, I like the Serbian, Bogdan Mudanovic, uh, Luka Doncic, Slovenian, and also Goran Dragic. I like him a lot. Mm-hmm. He was playing in finals last night. So Yeah, he finally got the chance to play after yeah, hurting himself. After hurting himself won. so many times. But, yeah, he's a, I really like him, too. So okay. I don't really have, like, the only idol is the Dražen Petrovic guy. So. Okay. so, you know, you say that you want to make a career – out of basketball, um, what would be the ideal place that you would play? Would it be back home in Serbia? Would it be somewhere else? You know, no, in Europe, not in Serbia. It would probably be somewhere around Europe. I always dream about playing uh, Spain, France, Italy, somewhere like that. So that's some of the goals that I have after I graduate. So yeah, I think the Limestone program currently has, I think, two professional players still there. I think there's one, Shaq, I think, still plays in Germany. And we have one down in Australia playing. Um, so it's it's a pedigree of professional players. We've had a couple in the G League or whatever it is now. Is it still the G League yeah. for the development, or is it the D? It used to be the D League, it and now I think it's the G League. Correct. I'm pretty uh, whatever the NBA developmental league is, we've had a few go through there. I don't know if we've ever had anyone actually suit up in the NBA that I can think of, but I know we have had a good number go professional. So that's a good good pedigree. Um, one other, we'll, we'll round out this with one other question because we're, I mean, we're hitting our goal of our, of our time. We're already at 23 and a half minutes. So this is perfect. This is where we'd like to be. Um, and I'll give you a second to think about it because this is always one I like to, to kind of think through. Um, if you had like a favorite quote from anybody that you ever know, 
Uh, it could be a famous writer, it could be a famous player, it could be your mom, it could be your dad, it could be anybody. Um, what kind of quote would like make the most impact on your life? Not really a quote, but the thing that my dad always says is basically, if you do something, do a hundred percent every time. So that's not doesn't matter practice or anything. If you want to do something, just do it a hundred percent. So give it your best. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a pretty good one. Yeah, absolutely. Put your all into everything. Yeah, for real. So, uh, Straw, we thank you for uh, jumping on with us and kind of pivoting in the last minute here. I mean, we literally pulled you off the court. So you don't have to shower after this, I don't think. Oh, well, definitely do. I think <laughs> it depends on how much of a sweat he worked up with our questions. Was this really that tough? Do you really have to shower after we're done here? <laughs> but, again, we thank you for, for jumping on with us, and uh, we hope that you have a great season and, and you know, stay injury-free and everything goes well when we kick off here in just over a month. Thank yeah. you, guys. Yeah, so, again, uh, this is Episode 7, Breaking the Rock Podcast. You can find all of our podcasts online at golimestonesaints.com backslash podcasts, also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Mm-hmm.